Hello everyone, welcome to the Girl Above Parent Podcast, a show that provides tangible tips, insights, and resources to help parents navigate tough topics and improve their relationships with their adolescent. I'm Krista DeYoung, the founder of Girl Above, and today we are here with Dr. Angela Wall, one of my closest people. I love you so much. I love you too. And we just determined we haven't seen each other in seven months, so a lot has happened in that seven months. I had a baby, I moved, yeah. I'm sure lots has happened on your end as well. Lots and lots has happened. Mm -hmm. Lots of unexpected things have happened, I think, to everybody over the last year. Exactly. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. So just so you guys know who Angie is, Dr. Wall has been practicing school psychology, counseling, and consultation for over 20 years. Presently, in addition to private practice, she's also a school psychologist working with children preschool through high school. So she has been really in it with this whole pandemic situation, the online learning, in person, the transition between those. So today we're going to talk about the anxiety that that's caused for kids and parents and kind of what it's been like to navigate that season of life. Um, Even yesterday morning you had a crazy day with kids experiencing a lot of loss and a lot of fear coming back to school. So can you just give us kind of like a brief overview of what it's been like to be a psychologist in a pandemic? Well, sure. I think nothing in our history has prepared any of us for how to deal with a pandemic. Right. It's something that we never anticipated, something we didn't expect to have to deal with, something that we didn't train for in grad school, mm-hmm. and certainly nothing that parents have ever had to deal with or have ever thought about deal- dealing with. I know, you know, when you first found out you were pregnant, you probably weren't thinking, you know, I'm going to be having this baby during a pandemic. Right. Well, certainly all the parents that I work with are just shaking their heads going, how do I do this? What what am I doing? Am I doing the right thing? No one's trained me how to be a parent during a pandemic. And it's been rough. Um, I think depending on what part of the country you're from or what part of the world you're from, our kids have been learning remotely, mm-hmm. which is in the best circumstances, really, really difficult to do. Years ago, I was a psychologist, um, and one of my duties was being the psychologist for an online school. And many of our students at the online school were high-achieving kids. They might be like, um, you know, training for the Olympics or whatever, and by necessity, they had to take online school. Um, But a lot of our kids were kids that had such severe anxiety that they weren't really able to do well in a regular school setting. So they signed up for online learning. They were ready for it. They were ready for virtual learning. And even the best case scenarios, it was really, really difficult. It's very difficult to be successful with online learning. And starting last year, all of a sudden, all of our kids are doing this online learning, including our little ones, our kindergartners, um, even to some extent some preschool kids, oh were being expected to sit in front of a screen all day long. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, um, their parents were expected to be all of a sudden turn into teachers when they never had any teaching experience before. I mean, most of us, are, including me, and I work in the schools, are not courageous enough to be teachers. You know, it's daunting, it's scary, the expectations are high. So immediately, not only are we facing all the stress of the pandemic 
and worries and fears just about our personal safety, mm-hmm. we're faced with this huge additional stress of if you're a kid learning virtually, not being able to, you know, have contact with your teacher um, face to face, having to sit in a chair inside all day and staring at a screen, and then as a parent trying to homeschool while you're probably trying to do your job, you know, online. Um, I had friends who were teachers who had, you know, three kids at home that they had to homeschool, and they were in charge of teaching their own students. So they were teaching online and having to monitor. And homeschooling. I, I can't imagine a more stressful situation. And then once again, layer on top of it, the ongoing fears of what is this virus that we're dealing with? Right. We didn't know. How bad is it going to get? Right. You know, um, and depending on who you are, what your background is, what kind of family you're from, there would would be, I would say, about 25% of our families that were pretty chill with it. And they were just, you know, take it as it comes and, you know, we'll just do the best we can. But I would say 75% of the families that I work with were spun out into space with this. (laughs) Right. I mean, just completely flustered, um, bamboozled, shocked, traumatized by all of this being washed over them at once. the families that seemed to really particularly struggle were families that this whole virus triggered in them um, loss and maybe past traumas. Uh, families that were actually losing people in nursing homes or maybe older members of their family, yeah. maybe younger members of their family, um, were particularly terrified, and and rightly so. Mm-hmm. Um but again, some families responded in a in a in such a way, and it was due to just their own family history, their own background family history. So it was really interesting to watch to see which families were kind of casually accepting things, and which families were just, I mean, blown out of the water with all of this. Right. And what I noticed was, and I've talked about this at other Girl Above events, and I I feel it's really important to emphasize again and again is that if you're worried about how your kids are going to react, take a look at how you're reacting. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. if you're reacting with grace and patience and a sense of calm and a sense of, yeah, this is new, but we're going to power through it. Then your kids are going to have a sense of grace and calm and have the mindset that they're going to be able to power through it. If your mindset is, oh my God, I can't handle this, then that's the kind of response your kids are going to have. Right. What I've been seeing as kids return to in-person learning is directly reflective of how their parents seem to be managing. So if their parents are really struggling and if their parents have the mindset that this is awful, what's going to happen, we're all going to die, that's what the kids are returning to school with. So we've got, I would say, 75% of the kids coming back to school that have really been traumatized and are really struggling, and 25% who are just kind of okay. Mm-hmm. They're just coming back to school. What I've seen in my private practice and at school 
is an onslaught of kids who've never had anxiety in the past and have never had depression in the past that are experiencing significant amounts of increased anxiety and depression because of this pandemic and because of how they're observing their parents deal with it. And right. I, I don't I don't want to put this on parents. It's of no fault of their own. We're all just doing the best we can. Right. Right. Um, but they're coming in and reporting to me that they're feeling really anxious. They're feeling depressed. They're not able to focus on their work at school because they just have too many things going on in their mind. When you get anxious, it's really difficult to focus. Mm -hmm. Your anxiety kind of fuels just a sense of being disorganized and not being able to concentrate on one thing. Um, So they're reporting not being able to concentrate. They're reporting being nervous. They're reporting um, feeling overwhelmed by the noise in the hallways. Um, They're feeling overwhelmed by all the changes in their school schedules, you know, you might be in one day and then quarantine the next day. Yeah. Um, and a, a lot of kids have trouble with change, naturally, mm-hmm. especially some of our kids on the autism spectrum. Can you even imagine? Mm-hmm. Um, and day after day, not knowing what to expect when you come to school, am I going to get quarantined? What's going to happen? Is one of my teachers quarantined? Um, right. Yeah, nothing is... Nothing is set or established. It's required everybody to be way more flexible than they might naturally be comfortable with. Right. And to a lot of kids, school is typically a very safe place because Mm -hmm. we're so structured and so routine. And sometimes kids come from chaotic houses and it feels really good to them just to be in school because they know what to expect. They know Mm -hmm. when the bell is going to ring. They know where to get their lunch. And for them to come back to a school that's no longer structured in a routine that's kind of chaotic to be honest but again no one's fault Mm it just is it puts them in a real place of not just being uncomfortable but fear have experiencing fear when they come to school and feeling not safe at a place where they used to feel safe and not only not are they not safe at school they don't feel safe in the community and many of them don't feel safe at home because of things that are occurring there. Wow. So we just have a bunch of anxious, depressed little kids and teenagers. And that's something that has been pretty widely reported on the news and in a lot of articles over the last year. But now we're at a place where we're looking at hopefully doing in-person learning next year. I don't know what your school's planning to do. But how do we now take what has happened in just the the trauma or the experience of this pandemic in the last year and work them back into a healthy place? What are some things that can be done about where we're at right now? Well, I think for parents, the best thing to do is to just give yourself a break. Mm-hmm. No one is handling this well. So that's good to know. Just relax. <laughs> um, I have been hearing and it and it's funny, but it's not um, from lots of kids just about parents drinking more Mm -hmm. and we kind of chuckle about it you know and you go online and everybody's got their wine thing on instagram or whatever Mm -hmm. but it's kind of a problem um and kids are sorting through watching parents drink or maybe do drugs that these are kids that are not used to seeing their parents like that so now their fear is kind of multiplied because the people that they depend on don't seem like they're in so much control anymore so 
I would encourage parents to take a look at what's going on with you and your own behavior and how you're taking care of yourself. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, then your kids aren't going to be taking care of themselves and you're going to be fanning the flames of their fears. Mm. And once again, it's no, there's no shame involved. There's no finger pointing. It's just give yourself a break. Take a look at yourself and say, am I practicing the same kind of self-care that I used to? Yeah. Am I exercising like I used to? Am I drinking too much? Am I relying too much on um, sleep aids or any other kind of substances? Um, are not only have our suicides rates increased, but our um, narcotic overdoses have gone through the roof. And that, in kids, in kids and in parents. Okay, we've had a lot of parents um, abusing opioids and things like that, and you know the effects of opioids is kind of the same as alcohol it provides you know a depressing calming effect um until it doesn't right um and that's a problem so i think parents practicing self-care is really important i also like to really encourage you know parents to continue the conversation with the kids to not pretend like everything's fine when it's not and just to have an open conversation like you know what, I don't think I'm always handling this in the best way. I'm trying the best I can, but I'm really going to work on getting better with this. And let's just all hang in there together. So showing your vulnerability to your kids in that this is rough, you know. I mean, how how are we, we, we need to stick together to push our way through this. Yeah, reminding them that they're not alone in the process. No, that they're not alone. That, you know, this is tough for everybody. Yeah. Um. So again, the conversation with the kids is important. Being vulnerable is important. Taking care of yourself is important. And looking for signs of, I think a certain amount of stress is normal. um, And it alerts us that everything is not the way it should be. But looking for signs of more severe anxiety or depression, parents to keep their eyes on their kids. Um, We've been worried about taking care of ourselves and keeping ourselves healthy and safe. But really looking at our kids and seeing um, how are they? How are they doing in school? We've had so many kids just completely fall apart, Krista, mm. at school. Their grades, I mean, everything. I can't even imagine. Oh. I saw uh, one of the math teachers from a school that I used to teach at, saw her at a coffee shop, asked, how's it going? And she was like, kids can't learn math online. Mm-mm. This is, the kids are not all right. So I'm sure the academic stress of all of this as well is probably just huge. Right. And what another thing that kids are missing, even as they return to in-person learning, is everyone has a mask on. Mm-hmm. Little four-year-olds and five-year-olds and six-year-olds are looking at their teachers and they can't see their mouths moving. Mm-hmm. And a lot of how especially little kids learn and learn about language is watching their teacher's mouth as they're teaching them spelling words and teaching them how to pronounce things. And you forget that kids really tune in to people's, I mean, even with your baby today, mm-hmm. you know, I could tell that you and John are constantly smiling at that baby because your baby's constantly smiling, mm-hmm. you know. But that's kids learn by looking at adult expression. Expression. Yeah. And that's gone. Right. I mean, it's completely gone and it's it's sad. What kids are also missing 
Oh, and just bringing that back to what parents can do, when you are in your home without a mask on, you have to have as much contact with your kids as possible and as much smiling and physical contact and hugs as possible because kids get a lot of tactile love and physical reinforcement at school from their peers, from their teachers. There's a lot of hugging and things that go on and patting kids on the back and patting them on the shoulder while they're learning or yeah. just touching them that they're not getting because right. they have to social distance at school. So they're taking away the teacher's physical, you know, expressions and their touch. So would you say even right now just the optics of school is anxiety inducing because you may be there, you may not be, the desks are spread apart, you have to walk in a certain way to class, maybe depending on where your school is, the masks, the maybe your teacher's quarantine and now you're learning on Zoom. There's just so much that mm-hmm. makes school feel wonky and just not right right so when they're at home even if you come from a family that has really been affected by this or is very fearful are you suggesting that at home it feel a little bit more laid back and calm if you can manage if you can manage to be laid back and calm and give your kids a super hyper dose of love and nurturance and routine and even if you're a family that wasn't really good with routine in the past you have to know that your kids are craving it now that routine and structure gives kids a sense of safety whether they will admit that or not it Mm -hmm. is very true that's why a lot of times when I talk to parents they're like I can't believe how good my kids are at school and I'm like well because we have a lot of structure here and Mm -hmm. they know what to expect and it feels really good to them and then they go home and are like ah you know right so even if you're a family that's not used to having structure and routine put that into place hugs eye contact um smiles anything that you can do to provide that extra bit of nurturance and a feeling of safety to your kids because know that when they leave the house they're not feeling safe um if you're the kind of family that has the news channels on round the clock, know that your kids are hearing all of that. They don't have the filters that we do where we can turn it on and off and sometimes listen, sometimes don't. If you're a family that has 24-hour news on, your kid is getting flooded with negative information that whole time. Mm-hmm. So I would strongly suggest limiting that or maybe not giving them access to that at all. Maybe limiting yourself to, you know, a half an hour to get the news in the morning and a half an hour at night. But to listen to an ongoing stream all day long of all of this negative information, some of which we're learning isn't even true. Right. And it would be with anything. Any If you were to listen to, you know, a murder crime show podcast exactly. all day long. All day long. That would affect you and make you feel a little bit on edge every time Mm -hmm. you open the closet door at night you're wondering if someone's gonna you know pop out and get you so monitoring the content that you're consuming exactly um allowing yourself and your kids to have some you know in addition to the nurturance kids also need a little bit of physical space and i was hearing a lot on the news you know go outside take a walk do this do that not everybody has access to that. Mm-hmm. I had families that had eight people in a two-bedroom apartment during the COVID lockdown. Yeah. And kids were on computers trying to learn, and there's babies crawling on them, younger brothers and sisters pulling their hair, um, parents fighting in the background. I mean, I would meet with kids to do virtual sessions, mm-hmm. and I would literally hear their parents fighting in another room. And I was like, if they're doing that when, when they're on the 
when they're on, you know, virtual with their psychologist, what's going on when, when I'm not around, Right. you know? But so I think people need to be really cautious of that. And even if you are in a really small space, find a, a space for your kid that that's just their place. That's just mm-hmm. their place to work or to be alone, even if it's just a tiny corner that they can call their own and and just be there and know that that's their safe spot to kind of chill. That's good to have. Right. Um, you know, getting outside and getting as much vitamin D as you can and absorbing as much sun and as much nature as you can is fantastic if you can do it. Mm-hmm. But, and if you are a family that can do it, I would schedule that into your week as being just as important as taking your kids to the dentist, as taking your kids out for a walk or a hike or some way just to get back into clean, fresh air, nature, um, and really, um, embracing that and you know embracing that small piece of joy because i think what we've learned through this year is a lot of people are just missing the joy in their life Mm -hmm. you know at first everybody thought oh this is gonna be great we get an extra long vacation no you're not realizing all the little things right that give you joy like interacting with a colleague Mm -hmm. or you know in person right or hugging a colleague Yeah, kids now know that they don't want to be out of school as much as they thought they did, huh? Exactly. Yes. Although there are a few that really embraced online learning, Uh I must say. Not very many. I would say maybe um, 10% of the kids seem to really enjoy it. Um, And surprisingly, some of those were our high-anxiety kids that really didn't like coming to school to begin with. So it was kind of a relief to them, like my online kids that I had years ago. Um, But... Yeah, a lot of kids are like, oh my God, Dr. Wall, I can't believe I'm, I like being back at school. I can't believe I was looking forward to coming back to school. And I'm like, see, <laughs> like, surprise. I told you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so kind of back to what you were saying in the beginning, the burden that this has had on parents where they're trying to do their job, run the household, you know, keep food on the table and become homeschool educator, <laughs> which is just... It's been kind of probably a joke for most families, assuming that this would work, but, you know, not work well. Right. And so when I think of that, I imagine that parents flip into survival mode. The teenagers and the kids themselves, they're just worried about what they need to worry about. Mm -hmm. They're worried about doing their homework. Um, What are their friends doing? They're just worried about their own little world, such as... It always mm-hmm, is. And mm-hmm. these parents are worried about everything else and how I'm going to keep my kids from catching this virus and myself. and my. There's just so much more that probably hung on the head of parents during this time. And so now that, not that we're at the end of it, I don't know if we know where we are in this whole thing, but now that it's not the beginning where we're thinking you know, all the crazy thoughts, now probably good for parents to pause and say, wait a minute, what just happened? Like, Mm -hmm. how have I been affected by this? Kind of like what you're saying. Look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Yes, just to stop and say this, just even acknowledge this has been a crazy ride and do a little self-check-in. How am I doing and what would need to happen to get me to a place that feels a little bit more normal and healthy. If you're not doing well, that would help kids, mm-hmm. right? A hundred percent. 
A hundred percent. Yeah, just modeling self-care and being able to say, I am not doing this perfectly, but I'm not going to be too hard on myself about it. I'm doing mm-hmm. the best I can. I'm going to try to make some small changes to begin with, you know, maybe just a short walk every day. I don't have to start going to yoga every morning. Yeah. Although, you know, for some people that works or that would be great. But mm-hmm. I, I think parents need to come away with the message of just make some small changes in your own personal self-care and be easy on yourself and you know congratulate yourself for just being standing yeah and, you know, okay I'm alive my kids are alive okay so far so good yeah um and and then you know take a look at um you know have I been you know spending all night drinking and kind of ignoring my kids at the end of the day because I'm so wiped out and if so, you know, what do I need to do to address that? Mm-hmm. Um, and even baby steps with that, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, self-reflection, I think, right now is is super important. And, you know, and just we haven't even talked about all the financial strains that oh parents gosh. are going through. Yeah. I mean, it's been awful. Um, and that's created a lot of, you know, I, I hear from kids all the time about their parents fighting. And even if you can dial that down a little or make sure, you know, you have these intense conversations with your spouse or whatever. Um, in private. In private. In a, if you can, you know. Uh, and again, a lot of people are living in apartments or smaller spaces. So if you can get away to have those hard um, conversations, kids' boundaries seem to be crumbling a little during all this too. And they're getting way too much information from their parents about, you know, the financial situations and who's doing this and who's struggling with that and who's, you know, doing drugs. And a lot of these little kids, it's too much for their little brains to process. That is just too much information. So if they're laying there at night um, trying to go to sleep and they're hearing all this information coming through the walls about, you know, finances and concerns and worries and doom and gloom, that, that's a lot, you, you know, it's a lot for us as adults to handle, but take it in through a, a child's eyes and it's a unbearable thing for them to handle. And that's why I'm seeing these kids come back to school and they're just frazzled. Yeah. Um, I was talking to you a little bit earlier, even um, the loud noises at school and the congestion is triggering kids into panic because they're not used to being so close to people anymore. Mm-hmm. So they're um, literally terrified, and we're having panic attacks in our in our counseling offices. I mean, tenfold from what we used to see. So, do you think that we just need to kind of ride this out and get kids back into the swing of things as we start the new year next year? And I mean, is that what needs to happen? I don't know if there's anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody knows of anything else, they should um, let, let us, us know. Let me know. It's um, yeah, because you can't just solve it overnight. It's going to be them coming back, getting used to it, and rebuilding some sort of structure and normalcy. Right, and right, it's going to have to be sort of a re- press the reset button at the beginning of the next school year and hope that things are, you know, well in control and you know so that we can have a relatively normal school year and parents can go back to work and things like that. I think a positive mindset, even though this has been a horrible thing, is once again something parents can model for their kids that, hey, you know, we got we got through this. Yeah. You know, we're resilient. 
we might not be resilient all the time, but we've got it in us and we're going to practice it and we're going to bounce back and we're going to be stronger. And when you guys talk to your grandkids about the pandemic of 2020, you're going to tell them how you handled it and how you went back to school and how even though you might have missed a lot of learning, everybody missed a lot of learning. So yeah. it's a pretty even playing field. It's like playing football in the snow. Everybody's slipping. You know, yeah. There's not one team that's got no snow and the other team that it's snowing on. Right. It's an even playing field. Everybody has missed a lot of learning. So we're cool. You know, We're going to go back to school. Nobody's going to expect us to be where we were supposed to be. Everybody's just a little behind, but we're going to be okay. We learned a lot. We might not have learned a lot of algebra, but we learned how to manage through a pandemic. Right. So that's that's the mindset that you want to, again, that. model for your kids. And speaking on that note, um, we can do this real quick and then we'll probably have to wrap up. But for the parent who maybe has the expectation that their kid should be doing really, really well in school and excelling or their kid normally does that, you said, you know, everybody's kind of been struggling. You guys have been seeing that online learning is really difficult. Can you encourage that parent who feels like, oh my gosh, my kid just isn't quite cutting the mustard right now. That is that okay during this time? How can parents view the academic success of this season? They need to dial down their expectations. Um, I've been working with a lot of parents whose kids are seniors mm-hmm. and they're absolutely panicked that you know they might have gotten accepted into college but now their grades have dropped way down are they going to get rejected now by universities um and what i would say to those parents is every kid is in that situation i've seen very few kids who are straight a students been able to maintain straight a's very few and the ones that do um i worry about their anxiety level Mm-hmm. I think you just need to dial it down and focus on their happiness and focus on their security and focus on their sense of safety and that they're being well cared for and they will bounce back. They'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Academics are not something to be worried about now. I just wrote um, a letter for a family because their daughter was, I mean, fantastic student headed to university next fall, but she couldn't learn math online she, mm-hmm. she and she was taking this calculus class and trying to do it online and her anxiety was going through the roof hence my arrival into the situation right. but we wound up getting her excused from that calculus class and just dropping it for you know because of her anxiety she didn't need it anyway to you know she would have already been accepted into college um and this is a star star student so parents out there everyone is struggling if you're really worried about you know them getting into college or something, talk to the counselors, talk to the people at the school and explain to them what's going on. And they're very willing to work with you. Just uh, once again about- So the colleges are being flexible. The colleges are being extremely flexible because once again, it's an even playing field. There is no senior out there that is doing as well as they were doing you know, their sophomore or junior year. It's not happening. Yeah. So the colleges are being flexible. The counseling offices in your high schools and in your you know middle schools are being flexible about, well, let's lighten their load a little bit. Maybe we can just stick to the core classes and drop some of these extra classes. That's great to um, know. And, and just, so schools are flexible. We have to be during this, which is actually a good lesson that we've learned is that, 
you know, we need to treat kids more individually, see what they need, see what they don't need. They may really need that art class right now. Mm-hmm. And they don't need their Algebra 2 class so much, but they need that art class for an outlet. Let's look at the kids individually and see what they need and be flexible and model flexibility, again, as parents, you know. Yeah. Say, hey, you know, let's switch gears. Let's go in a different direction. This is not working. Yeah. Man, talk about flexibility. Yeah. It's just required so much from everyone. And thank you for sharing all that. Yeah, Any final encouragements for parents? Just keep an eye on your kids, and if you're worried that they're not sleeping or not eating, um, if they're excessively nervous and they're talking about that or not talking about it, isolating themselves, um, really isolating themselves, then find some help. Find a mental health professional, and if you can, try to find someone that will see your kids in person. Virtual therapy is not, I hate to say this, but it is not as effective as seeing somebody in person. So if you can find somebody for your kids to see in person, you would be surprised. Maybe just a few sessions with somebody um, really working with your kid on managing anxiety and things like that can be super helpful. But don't be afraid of that. Once again, we're in a whole different world. Kids are going into therapy that you would never think would be in therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's no stigma attached to it. It's just, hey, go and get what you need so you can go on and, you know. It's just helpful. It's just helpful. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Angie. You're welcome, Krista. All right. Thank you for joining us. And thanks for listening. As always, visit girlabove.com for more parent resources and to access our online courses. You will find on our crisis toolkits that Angie has run some of our parent courses on there. If you liked her, she'll help you out with some other topics. And if you like what we're doing and want to further support us, you can donate to our organization on the website and leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you next time.